0: Ooh,
1: I am a little warmer and very thankful to see you. It has been the Arctic blast that we never thought we were going to have. It's been a week to remember, huh? It's, why is that? Why are we living through these life-altering, changing events in the last two years?
2: You just made everybody who remembers World War II smile.
1: I I know, I know. I I, I say it like, oh, well, you guys didn't have it rough. Oh, (laughs) life's hard, huh? Life's really hard.
2: Welcome to the podcast, Neighbors Don't Knock. The show where two neighbors drop by for conversations that are fun, relevant, and downright hilarious join them and special guests in their mission to talk about anything and everything and laugh about it no matter what. Now, here's your hosts,
1: Brian Chambers and Philip Goffrey. Oh, man, it's good to be back. It's good to be
2: back. It is good to be back. We have power, we have heat, we have water.
1: I know, and for everyone that is looking at this crazy phenomenon of events of weather, you know, we're straight out of a movie, basically. You know,
2: effectively, Neighbors Don't Knock is brought to you by Texas, (laughs) the only developing nation inside a
1: nation. That's right. Um, But, you know, as long as no one's taking, say, planes to... Cancun or Cabo or ever, are Mr. Cruz. Or Ted. <laughs>
2: or Ted. I mean, talk about bad decisions, right?
1: Come on, you had to know that that was a bad decision when you made or booked that flight.
2: Yeah, the funny thing about it for me is that I don't care that he did it because it's not like the guy's going to go suit up and go take care of some down power lines or get a pumping station back
1: online. No, but when you are a public servant and your state is in crisis, hey, I'm all for send Send the family, send your kids, okay? I, I get it you should be involved you should be readily available and not on the beach drinking a mai tai or margarita you know i'm yeah, just yeah we
2: had a we had a conservative news station on uh, earlier today on the tv my wife and i were watching and somebody who is trying to you know you can't defend him so no, nobody's defending him but but one person he, was He saying, can't
1: defend himself
2: no one one person was like you know i, I it's pretty clear the optics on this are a little bad. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> a little the bad, huh? optics on it. But, uh, well, I'm glad that he's stateside. I'm glad that he's, <laughs> he's
0: back supporting, <laughs> he's back supporting his, his us state. Texans yeah. here.
1: Um, but we just want to send a shout out to everyone in that's been affected by this weather, whether you're in Louisiana, Oklahoma, you know, all of our fellow Texans. We just want to send our thoughts and prayers with you guys You know, we're thinking about all of you. We are here dealing with it in the trenches with you. And thank you for anyone that has supported uh, to the local food banks um, or to FEMA and anything else. We really appreciate that. By the time this podcast drops, though, the storm will have passed, but we are still cleaning up and the aftermath will need help.
2: Yeah, indeed. And a big heartfelt thank you to all the stories about people I've seen out there. People always amaze me at how they respond to these disasters and come together and to support each other and help each other. Not just with donating to the food banks, things like that, but taking people in, making sure their neighbors are okay. You know, going and working on neighbors' houses. I've seen more people on social media learning how to be plumbers in the past three days, helping out their neighbors than, you know, I could have imagined. So, big it, thanks to our listeners It's for
1: great, together. and it's almost really horrible to think that, man you know, when the country is just tearing itself apart, it's like we need a natural disaster so we can all come together. (laughs) The universe delivers, right? And
2: by the way, Mr. Chambers, if you need someone who can rebuild a tankless water heater, I now know how to do that.
1: I know we will get into that later. (laughs) But I am totally stoked right now because we have a special guest with us that is joining the show. Uh, She is an award-winning actor, director, teacher, writer, and wordsmith, originally from Wisconsin, because she knows what winter's Are like, (laughs) but she holds an MFA in the acting, um, in acting from the Yale School of Drama and a BA in the in theater with a focus in literature from Grinnell College. She's an actress that has worked in over a dozen states, including two years here in Houston as a company member at the Alley Theater. Her specialty is language-driven plays. Most recently, Matt Smart's *The Agitators*, uh, Larissa fast horses the thanksgiving play and her own adaptation of hamlet the fall of a sparrow she currently teaches shakespeare for the professional conservatory at the pacific conservatory theater where she is also a resident artist as well as the theater's literary associate so without further ado this amazing talented person we are going to welcome to the show the wonderful emily trask emily welcome to the show
0: Thank you so much. I'm I'm tired after that bio. I
1: I mean, I uh, just—you have a list of accomplishments so long, it's incredible. I I was literally having to go through and say, "No, I I can't say that." We'd just be here all day.
2: Yeah, Emily, I'm really, I'm really embarrassed about my resume now.
0: That was my goal. My goal was really just shame—to shame you both. Oh well, that's okay. It worked
1: beautifully. Um, that's what that's what we do here. But it is amazing to have you. It's great to see you. You know, we we met not long ago, um, here in Houston, and you know, I've been a fan of your work uh, prior to actually meeting you. So I was, believe it or not, a little. Starstruck a little bit. I'm, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go and say it. When when you get a oh chance to work with with people that you've seen in amazing works, and I'm sure any actor or anybody that is out there can can attest to this. When you get to be up close and personal and meet someone and seeing you your process and kind of the ins and outs. It's really a treat.
0: I'm in California, but I'm wearing my Houston T-shirt
1: today, <laughs> so which we so noticed, represent. we love and appreciate.
0: Yeah, saw that, thank you.
1: Yes, appreciate the support <laughs> that is represent. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Now you got you've been out there about two years now,
0: um, two and a half years now. Yeah, oh, two it's, and a half. But years. you know, let's let's be honest. The last year has felt like eighteen years. So so what right. is time? The yeah, time war. but <laughs> <laughs> I think it's about two and a half years, um, and. Uh, you know uh, i'm staring at the sunshine out my out my window here and i'm just uh, just want to say that houston in particular is has really been in my thoughts over the last week and you you both have been in my thoughts and um and all of texas so send in, send in some sunshine your way.
2: Well, we thank you for that very much. You know, it's, it's a reversal, right? Because so often California's in our thoughts with the fires and the droughts and
1: mudslides and, and, you know, things mm-hmm. a lot, lots of, lots of trade-offs, earthquakes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but, but Houston,
2: yeah. Houston and greater Los Angeles uh, and, and other parts in California have one thing in common, right? People insist on building houses where they shouldn't. Uh.
1: <laughs> you know? That's true. That's true.
2: I was listening -hmm. listening to this Alan Watts lecture from the 1960s, and he was talking about how he was watching people build the houses on the hills in LA. And in the sixties, he was going, they're going to get washed away. It's going (laughs) to happen. Like the mudslides Mm -hmm. will take them down. Sure enough.
0: In undergrad, I took a, um, took a geology class with this amazing professor and it was a weather and climate class. And it was so, it was amazing. But, pretty much the thesis of the class is don't move to california (laughs) every possible weather and climate disaster that can happen is in california that's about it
2: too it it really is my professor
0: now is like what are you doing did you learn nothing but (laughs) But, i mean you've had kind of
1: a cool uh, career in a uh, basically location where you've gone because you started in wisconsin then you went to school in iowa you know, you you kind of bounced around. You ended up in Houston, then up in Cincinnati, and now California. You've gone all over the place. I mean, how did you know you wanted to be in acting?
0: Oh, man. Well, you know, I've definitely had a very, very transient life. And, and I think that that's, that doesn't always have to be the case as a theater artist or an actor. But for me, you know, it was always really most important to go where where the work was and sort of where the work was needed. So for a while, you know, I I lived in New York for almost five years and that was great. And I got to work there and do some cool things there, but I kept getting pulled elsewhere because, because the projects and the communities that those projects were speaking to was sort of more interesting to me was well, not sort of definitely more interesting to me than sitting in New York and, you know, knocking on the right doors and, and hoping those doors will open. And then sometimes they do, but, but so, um, so I sort of chose to use that time in New York as really expensive waiting room. <laughs> you know, I would go away <laughs> to do a project. I like that. Back, I'm going to, I'm going to steal that one,
1: <laughs> an expensive waiting room. I love yeah, that.
0: Very. yeah. Um, and, uh, and then the the opportunity to to go down and join the company at the alley arose. And that sort of has kicked off this last leg of transience. But, you know, I wasn't one of those people who who like from jump was like, I'm gonna be an actor. I um, you know, I went through a whole bunch of my third grade self went through a whole bunch of different career paths. I was gonna be, I was gonna raise horses and then I was gonna, um, I was actually thought I was going to be a writer, a poet. And, and, you know, um, luckily in, in my adult life, I, I have, um, have published some poetry. So I guess that third grade self is pleased with that, but, um, oh, well,
1: actually, hold on on that a second. You, you have published. I, that's something I didn't, kn- I did not know about you that I couldn't find yeah. in your bio. I love that. <laughs> Left that part out, I guess. I, do you have anything that you can share with us? Preferably maybe uh, something post third grade.
0: All of my best work. Was that was your best poem.
1: work. I I take it. Oh so,
0: no, actually the first the first poem I ever got published nationally was in fourth grade in a in a magazine called Boodles. <laughs> That's
2: awesome, Boodles. But um,
0: <laughs> but yeah, uh, it's so interesting, especially sort of in the literary world. So many literary magazines have now moved online, um, so that amazing experience of getting getting the volume that you're published in, um. That's more few and far between, but I have gotten some of those hard copies that then, of course, I shared with with family. But um, do you like that yeah, though? There's...
1: Do you, do you prefer that the online movement, as far as a, as a writer or having something published, do you, or are you still? I don't want to call a purist, but someone that that loves the the hard copy and and thinks that maybe we need to still have the the book and things like that. But I mean, as a writer starting out, did you do you find yourself? wanting more of that? Or are you
0: okay? I love, yeah, with I love the hard copy. That's okay. just like when I'm directing or acting, the hard copy is important to me too. And I think it's, there's, there's just something about the, it being tangible. And I was, um, I was reading something the other day that our, our eye muscles are actually kind of getting weaker and changing. Don't quote me on that, but I, I think that's what I was. Saying. Um, Because when you're reading on a screen, it's actually different. Your eyes move different because as you're reading on the screen, you move the screen up to read. But when you're reading on the page, your eyes have to track down it. And so there's something about that to me that feels, feels, um, yeah, I guess maybe I'm a purist, but I love that. I love the accessibility of online. You know, I think that I, it, you know, although I certainly like to be paid, I, I think art should be free. What's wonderful in this very strange pause in the, the field of theater, there are all these great free online options that are coming out so i'm able to see things that i otherwise wouldn't have been able to and i i think about the people who maybe can't afford a theater ticket being able to to have access to a lot of that stuff which is really exciting
2: yeah i really appreciate you saying that i've made that argument for a few years now um i have very limited experience with theater other than being a fan and and being an audience member some experience on stage but but way, way back in my past. And
0: oh, really? What was the role? And, <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, I'm giving no ammunition. People have to search hard <laughs> if they want to find me. I'm not I'll, gonna, I'll, I'll gonna send you easy. the YouTube link. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, I was actually in Ithaca, New York, for a few years, and, and I was in Ithaca College briefly and had some theater experience um, there, not not with the theater department, but with, with various side projects that kids <laughs> were doing. And honestly... I, I see no reason why in today's world with today's technology, any show that's up there shouldn't be filmed and eventually released. Right. Because if you can't come see, you know, Emily Trask on stage as X, then okay. Maybe in six months when the show, uh, six months later after the show's closed and moved on, set's been broken down. Why not? There's nothing to lose. There's no money to lose. Why not let people have access?
1: Um, I, I just think it's a slippery slope. Um, as far as when you were dangerous re- release, I, I think that mm. I agree with you to an extent, but I mean, it just, you open the floodgates and then you want people in the theater because right. the you experience, have to be careful the way ex- you market it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. The, the experience yeah. is, it's so different. Okay. So one of our favorite, and we talked about this when we found out you were going to do the show, the one show that both of us saw that you were in was hand to God.
0: Oh yes. And indeed it, it was show.
1: you were brilliant. You were brilliant in oh, it. Thank you. Um and it was really odd watching, you know, puppet sex happen. <laughs> well I'm just watching you doing this and I'm just like, she is so sweet. This is this is almost <laughs> wrong. I'm, I'm the whole like, play is wrong <laughs> in the very best way. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it it was great, but like if someone were to watch that via video or online. I don't think they would get the same experience or get transcended into the world if is that's just me.
2: But but to Emily's point, there are certainly people out there that just can't get access and that to me is a tragedy, right? There's so yeah. much so much great art that at least can be somewhat experienced and I'd rather somebody experience you know some of its glory rather than none of its glory any day of the week.
1: Well, Emily, let me let me well, I, ask you this real quick, uh, just before we move on from that. Uh, in your opinion, if you feel that actors, directors, and people that work within the industry can get paid more to in this area by releasing it online, are you more for that in that sense?
0: I, you know, I, I think I would have a different answer depending on the day, honestly. I think that um, there really is no... There really is no replacing that that live experience, and um, and I think one of my favorite one of my favorite theater facts is that an audience in person experiencing a play their their heartbeats actually synchronize mm-hmm. when they're in the room together experiencing the story together, and I think that is such such powerful. Medicine, And I don't think that they've done any studies yet to see if uh, heartbeats synchronize over, you know, over a Zoom performance. <laughs> but, <laughs> but I do think that I do think that when the world opens back up and theaters open their doors again, I, I would be surprised if we don't hang on to some of this programming um, as a way that we've now realized we can make certain things more accessible or reach out to uh, to a wider audience by keeping some of these, these practices in place. So I'll be really interested to see what sticks. And yeah, I mean, if that that ends up being a more lucrative opportunity for the artists involved and the institutions involved and a more affordable opportunity for some people, I think that, you know, yeah, bring it on in.
2: Well, I can definitely see some of these streaming services trying to team up with some of the bigger theaters to get like exclusive rights, you know, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. You get the Disney pluses and the Netflix of the world and all that. Why not have a theater, you know, sort of section?
1: Like I said, I, I'm all for if there's more going to the creators right. and, and the crew and things like that. I mean, as Disney's- well as as well as making it accessible. I think that's great. That is the reason, but Again, I, I think it's, it's tricky. Yeah, I think, you know, I think, a know, I,
0: think a sh- uh, I don't know if you guys have seen this, um, but uh, a show that I just saw on Netflix that started as a theater piece and then has now shifted to Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's called In and of Itself. It I ha- was.
1: I have not. I was just scared you were going to say Bridgerton. <laughs> and, and then my my and I was have going to watch
0: that too. You know, quarantine's like, been long. Yeah. <laughs> Emily's all like, I
2: don't know if you've seen it, but there's this show Daredevil, and there's yeah. this wonderful
1: Tiger King it's was a small, based on a, yeah. a masterpiece.
0: There's
2: a small but unforgettable role.
0: <laughs> Very small, um, but uh, but no, it in and of itself is this amazing theater piece that um, I'm not going to give it away. But uh, if watch it. All
1: right. On
0: the list. She had a hard um, you have
1: a hard time saying that without giving anything away. I know. It's I
0: know. Like... <laughs> um but it's it sort of made me even from even from Netflix, it made me believe in the power of theater and people in a way that it was is deeply necessary in this time. But all I could you know, I i was really moved by it on the screen. And then all I could think of is like if I had a chance to see that show in person, I would drop everything. See so, yeah. So yeah. I think that's a good I think that's a good example and also you know, w- watch watch it and then text me after. <laughs> Tell me what you think. So I'm
2: personally predicting a great resurgence in live theater and live music post-COVID. I think that people are so pent up and so desperate yeah. that we're going to see floodgates opening up. I think it's going to be great. The question just is when.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, we hope that you guys are staying safe out there. Yeah. Uh, but having a little bit of downtime, I guess, but y- you don't ever have downtime really (laughs) it doesn't seem like you ever have downtime if if you're if you're not on stage you're doing something I mean because you you've now taken a, a big uh part um over there uh at the theater as the literary associate yeah and so tell us what does that involve what does that really mean
0: Oh, well, um, yeah, I mean, I think this goes back to your question of, uh, you know, how did I get into theater and and the fact that growing up, I wanted to do all of this different stuff, you know, like I wanted to sing and play the cello and act and dance and then also direct and write the Write the plays and ride the horses, and and so, um, so right now I'm kind of getting my wish, and that I get to do all of these wear all of these different hats, which I think you know really complement each other. But so as a resident artist here, I I act in the professional productions. I also um, direct for the conservatory, and I teach at the conservatory. I teach Shakespeare, and um, because I'm just I just love words so much, like that's my way in. I love language. Um, it uh, it became clear that the position of literary associate would be a good fit for me to help bring back this reading series that had been really successful for the theater. So, um, so I put on that hat. Um, I guess two years ago, and that involves me working with inside the artistic team, helping choose shows for the full season, helping. Um, curate and produce our reading series I read just a lot of plays (laughs) and then I say and then I say to other people hey you should read this one too or um or maybe we should think about this one for next season um
1: you need your own book club you just need your own book club for theater there you go
0: you know it's so funny because we uh, that's actually some programming that I did this past summer I did a play reading club where we took some some classic plays public domain and we shared the scripts with anyone who wanted to sign up with our audience and they read it and then we came back and had a good old book club and talked about it and then got some some of our company of actors to act out some of the scenes and it was just really it was it was really lovely. So
1: this is the interplay series at the Pacific Conservatory Theater that you're talking about for our listeners. And yeah, that's correct. And yeah. you guys can find out about that in the uh, episode description we have the link listed below you can go to www.pcpa.org interplay and you can find out what's going on with that so talk about it because this has been going on for about two years now or at least you've mm-hmm. been your involvement has been two years or has the program been there before you?
0: Well, it started, yeah, it was there before me. It started in 2002 and um sort of started as a club sport, you know, if you will. Um and then uh for a number of years, it was I think for about a decade there was sort of different iterations of it and uh you know, a play reading is a play reading is a really integral s- step in a play development process if you're working with a new playwright. It's also a really fabulous way to as a theater company and an audience to check out some new plays without having to fully produce them with a focus on the language, which again is like, I'm totally hot for that. So let's, let's focus on the language. Um, I
1: I now know how your husband got you. (laughs) just hearing that
0: (laughs) we did exchange many an email many an email and you know the truth is side story uh, so my husband and i met together out at when we were both company members at the utah shakespeare festival and we did a production of hamlet together i was ophelia and he was the player king we actually we couldn't stand each other we were not, we were not feeling it. Um, Oh, I like that. This is good. Yeah, And then we, I think I even heard him talking smack about me one day. And, um, I don't know about my, about, you know, something I was doing with my hands on stagers, you know, I don't know. But when you guys got um, into
1: it, did you please tell me you were talking and I am a pentameter. Just like oh, yeah, cutting each yeah. other down, you know, backstage. Farbs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I go with now. <laughs> Leave my presence. <laughs> oh, that will
2: just go full diva. You're like, oh, you're the player king. That's nice. I'm Ophelia. What up?
1: <laughs> <laughs> What's well, up now? Just
2: yeah, ha- just mean, drop the program.
1: Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Boom. How many notes are you having your script? Oh, you don't need any. <laughs>
1: oh no oh much love much love to your husband we don't mean to (laughs) much (laughs) love to your husband
0: it's great and he was playing a lead in a different play and whatever okay fair yeah I did I did I I did feel a little bit of that shade coming for me but um but a few seasons later we ended up um it's actually my my one of my best friends Marcella is um uh exceptional cook and she was going to cook this like six course meal. This, this story has a point. I promise I was going to cook this amazing Italian six course meal, but in the city where the Shakespeare festival is, there's, you know, there's not a ton. There's not like a, well, there's not a Costco. And so um, Michael, my husband for a silent auction item auctioned off a trip to Costco with Brusasco, which is his last name. And so my friend Marcella bid on it because she needed ingredients for her for her um her dinner, and she's like, "You got to come with me." Uh, you, and I'm like, "I don't want to." <laughs> How I loathe car. him! <laughs> I don't want to be in a car with Michael Brasasco. Like he's just gonna, you know. Um, and then of course we we got in the car, and I was, and she made me sit in the front, and um, and then I was really very impressed by his choice of music in the car. Oh, we had some good and like some soulful, like good lyric, but sweet beat kind of music. And we started talking about it. And then we realized that we had a dangerously similar sense of humor. And then from there, you know, we sort of
1: tensions lightened. We made
0: up. Oh, okay,
1: good. (laughs) I I was I was scared this was still going on. (laughs) So how early
2: on was it in the relationship with your husband that you both admitted to each other that you were just like, really, really unimpressed at the beginning.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, the thing was, it was, you know, um, I think it was kind of a fun point of flirtation actually to give each other, give each other a hard time for um for you know past past impressions of each other but what was really lovely about it is that you know sometimes when you get into a relationship you immediately are starry eyed and you, you and then throughout the relationship you find out sort of you uncover things that you're like mm. Okay, well, that's you know uh, I can move past. I'll
1: accept it. Right.
0: <laughs> but this was this was kind of a lovely reversal of like at first we were like, mm, mm-mm. and then over the last you know over the last decade now we keep uncovering like lovely surprises. So
1: that's yeah. great. You know, I'd love to hear his side of this story, though. To be honest, <laughs> One of the, we're, yeah. we, we might have to get him on an episode and just just. Just see.
2: Indeed. Maybe for season three or four, we <laughs> yeah. can be all Uh-oh. of our guest spouses Uh-oh. or significant others, right?
1: It'll be next year's Valentine's episode, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: We'll call it the flip the script special. There we Uh-oh. go. I love it. I
1: love it.
0: Yeah. Oh. Yeah. All of a sudden, my palms are sweating with that idea. <laughs>
1: <laughs> a wine made with passion and soul is a great way to bring people together. And that's why we choose our passion. Alpacion is an award-winning wine produced in the Uco Valley region of Argentina and can be found in fine restaurants and retail establishments all over the world.
2: Taste the passion today or book a trip to their vineyards and experience their exquisite lodge and glamping tents. Learn more at www.alpacion.com.
1: So doing the series, now this is in your second year, is there anything that you've learned... Oh, Can I sorry, see sorry. something
0: really quick just to follow up on, on the husband riff? Oh, yeah. Um, and right after that, that, um, that commercial just reminded me of the f- glamping tents and wine. It just reminded me of the fact that um, actually while I was living in Houston, my husband and I, eloped, um, while we were there and we ran off to the West Texas desert and eloped in Marfa Oh, wow. spent our, our wedding night in, in a yurt and we saw the mystery lights. So did you really? That's a good sign. Yeah, oh,
2: we did. Yeah. Oh, now, oh so cool. no, no, you've opened up a, a whole, uh, Pandora's box here because Marfa's on my bucket list, but I, I really want to see the darn lights Yeah. and I know it's hit or miss whether or not you see them. Right. Yeah, we and got, I, we got really lucky. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. So, so they exist.
0: Oh, they do and I went back the next day because I was I was just convinced that there was some sort of highway back there or some guy with just a bunch of flashlights back there. And yeah, exactly. Well, then you go and look <laughs> during the day, and it's like, nope, there's no way. That's just some sort of phenomenon. You know, I'm oh, so glad cool. that
1: you reinforced that for Philip because that's exactly what he would have been thinking when he's over there. Because I, I know you. Every time you want to know how it ticks, oh you, dude, but but you do you do like something that's awesome, like we were talking about when the Mars rover you know oh, i loved landed it. I went back to and watch all of he it was, yeah. i know you were upset because i was sitting there i literally was on the phone with him. i'm like it's it's deploying thrusters are out like i'm i'm like following it and we were just both like this is so cool and we couldn't actually Amazing. see it but i also know that you like to know how things work and tick and if it really is a phenomenon or not or this amazing thing or some guy on, totally. you know, Look, you know one, beam lights going like this. No, <laughs> one,
2: one day, ZigBot 35, the alien, is going to be like, okay, it was me.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. But, guys, but, you but then you're going to be like, I knew it. I, I knew it. <laughs> yeah, I knew I'm not it. saying it was aliens, but, you know. <laughs> is that your alien name? ZigBot-35, is that
2: what? Is that is
1: that is that any alien, that the, your first alien you meet, that's what you'll call him?
2: Well, yeah, I got the idea from Elon Musk.
1: Oh, oh, know. fair enough, fair enough.
2: His, his baby baby name choices made me really think about what the uh, <laughs> what your alien what name should be <laughs> <laughs> and he you know he mr musk we talk about this quite frequently he he abandoned you californians you know he's he's texas yeah. texas living now yeah. Might, might regret that a little bit this past week but
1: ah, uh, yeah I'm, I, I'm sure okay. he'll be fine yeah, yeah something <laughs> tells me he was okay but yeah. <laughs> um, he was. Okay. I'm sure he already has some kind of tunnel underground you yeah, know he something. was
2: okay but not the best marketing for old Tesla with the fleets and fleets of cars that were stranded because they couldn't charge that was right. uh, yeah Damn. we'd like to have old Elon on the show one day so I figure if I, if I throw some shade out there he'll get wind of it and he'll come correct me <laughs> he'll tweet about it yeah. first and then oh, he'll yeah. up.
1: maybe he can give us both alien names. I don't know what my alien name would be. Mm. I, I, I'm not really sure. It's, like,
0: it's probably like the, the the name of your first pet in the street you live on or something like that, right? That's now. true. <laughs> like your, I'm your sure SAT there's some Facebook thing your, has already you know,
1: like, be like <laughs> done this. The
2: word pornography is crossed out. <laughs> aliens written in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> Discover your alien yeah. name.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, so jumping back a little bit, um, we're gonna, I want to talk a little bit more about the Interplay series. What have you learned within the past two years of doing this series? And also, what are some of the works or one, if not, I'm sure they're all great. One of the works you're most excited about coming up.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that this is something and forgive me if it sounds altruistic, but I think this is something that I always kind of believed. But especially this last year really has been driven home is that we human beings need stories we need stories and that, you know, a a play reading is kind of that quintessential we're sitting around a campfire and there's nothing else but our imaginations. And I'm going to tell you this, I'm going to paint this world for you with these words. And as much as I love, um, I love theater design. I think that it's truly an inspired art and, and like a practical magic, I think that there's something incredibly powerful and intimate of just being connected around the campfire with those, those words. And, and I was sort of wondering if that would still be the case when we're, you know, at a distance over screens and, um, you know, our hearts aren't all beating in the same time, but I, the feedback that I've gotten and experienced from the virtual programming that I've done, not just a PCPA, but, um, I, I had the pleasure of working with a um, with a company in Philadelphia called Quintessence Theater Company, directing um, some stuff for them, and um, it's still as just as powerful. You know, it's it, maybe not just as powerful, but you know the the fact that people really are hungry for it and that it feeds them, I guess, has sort of uh, been a lovely learning experience for me. And this, oh man, this time around. Well, I'm really, really excited that we're starting this this um interplay series this time with Katori Hall's The Mountaintop, which is it was done at the alley several years ago. And it was um, and so it's not one of our one of our newest plays. We we say fresh picked plays on the Central Coast, partly because all of your strawberries come from my backyard here essentially. But um, Indeed. Uh, but the uh the play is just stunning and it's uh imaginative retelling of Martin Luther King's last night on earth. Um, and I think right now in our present moment in this country, in February Black History Month, with the team that we have working on the play, I mean, I just I I'm very excited to be able to offer that and to get to hear hear those Katori Hall's words.
1: I would I'm, love to, uh, I'd love to hear that. And part of it, part of it um everything for what you said, but also We actually went to Memphis, and we went to the Lorraine Hotel. I don't even know how to put it into words, to be honest, because it was a very powerful feeling. And that one is is, um, coming up pretty soon.
0: Yeah, this next week. So this next weekend we and we do um live readings. So we've chosen to not sort of pre-record and then and then share after the fact because we really like the um we want to keep it as much of a live theater experience as possible. So we're doing a, a live reading on Friday evening and Saturday matinee. Um of, and, and just uh,
1: for our listeners, if you are again, if you're looking to to go to any one of these you should check these out um go to pcpa.org and you can look uh, for the link on the interplay series it's only ten dollars per viewing so or forty dollars for four people so you can go in there it's I I highly recommend it that's um, very
2: cool how do you, do you do the live readings as audio only or are you in the zoom session like we are right now where you can see the the players and
0: yeah we're in we're in a zoom session so it's it's a uh, really fabulous you know, having directed a few of these, it's a fabulous hybrid of like, you're saying a reader's theater audio, you know, I know some people listen to them with just the audio. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also, you know, the, you're acting for the stage, but on, on the screen. So how do you use, how do you use the tool of the zoom room? And, um, you know, we have sort of a curated aesthetic with it, with a a background and everything, but, um, but, One change that we made that I think was really useful is um, we a lot of times, you know, when you're on Zoom or on on uh, on this platform, you're you're seated. Um, But as an actor that cuts off like the lower part of your your impulse. Right. And you get your power from the ground and you're um, so we we outfit home studio so that the actors can do it all standing, which I think really adds to the. Wow, that's great. Yeah, that
1: is great. Yeah, I really I really love that.
2: Yeah, I look forward to checking some of these out. Yeah, we we
1: definitely need to. Now, are they only live when you get there? Like, can you only watch it within those two days? Or will it be up online for... Okay. so it's only... only those two days. But okay. part
0: of my part of my job as a literary associate is I just get to hang out with a lot of cool people like you guys. And um, but also oh, I get we're to cool. I didn't know. <laughs> no, no, no. Very, she meant
1: very... she meant that we get to hang out with.
0: Cool oh, people. The, oh yeah. now I say I
1: say again. Now I see where you're going with it, which is which it was a now makes of more. It, it just makes more sense. <laughs>
0: but I got to do my own interview, you know, I get to do my own interviews with, um, with the playwrights who have have written these plays and, you know, a lot of them are highly accomplished. And like, like you said, Brian, like I, you know, I'm a little starstruck by a few of them. And, um, but, uh, but so I get to interview the playwrights and then the, those, Interviews are shared immediately after the readings before we go into a live talk back. but then the sort of um, extended version of the interviews are up on PCPA YouTube so that anybody can check those out at, um, at any time. And um, just yesterday I got to have a fabulous interview with George Brandt, who's the playwright of um, Into the Breaches, which is the second show which uh, I actually am going to get to act in that one so that'll be fun. Also, yeah, he also wrote uh, the play Grounded, which if you've seen stuff at the Alley in the last few years, Elizabeth Bunch just delivered the, the, a masterclass. The class. flight um yeah, yeah, in that show. The pilot, so.
1: yeah.
2: She really did. I was yeah. uh, hats off to her for that performance. I, I didn't that get to a, see that one. you saw I you, did. you saw was, that one. It was great, you know. Stunning. I, I've yeah. always loved the downstairs theater there and that was really just uh that was that was a special one to see.
0: Yeah.
1: Well, yeah. if you guys want to see Emily on stage, this is going to be Friday, <laughs> March 5th and Saturday, March 6th. So 7 p.m. on March 5th and one thirty. So you have a Saturday matinee. A runtime is about two hours. And again, you just go to PCPA.org and you can find all the information or go to the bottom of our episode description and click on the links. Yeah.
0: I should say that that is Pacific Coast time. That is California time. There so you go. Add two, add two hours. <laughs> Thank for you, Texans. Indeed.
2: There or, you go. So a little free, nine, a little free nine free o'clock. For the New and the New England That's okay. In yeah. The audience, yeah.
0: But what's great is like you can have all the snacks you want, and nobody's gonna yell at you for unwrapping those candies in the theater. There you go. <laughs> or, you don't, uh, you don't know, have having you, a nice scotch. Yeah, I've yelled at a deal. child
1: before in the theater. <laughs> You think I'm joking? I have. There was we. I don't even remember the show. It was a musical. We were at the Hobby Center. He went to you know intermission, got himself a nice little set of M and M's and candy, came back down and was sitting there. Lights are out, and every quiet moment, (laughs) you just hear, you know. And then and then I did one of those passive aggressive stares, you know, where you're just like. And finally, I didn't even I didn't even speak to the parent. I, I said to the kid, I was like, "Can you please not make noise while the show is going on?" Thank you. <laughs> I st- I very sternly said that, and that she turned and looked at me, and I just looked. I was like, mm-hmm. "Theater etiquette, man. Theater etiquette." So, brother, I have, a, <laughs> I have a
2: similar story. My wife and I were in a production once, and and exact same scenario. Right, the parents didn't care, were behind us, and kids were just opening bags and crunching and. Talking and all this stuff, and my wife had turned around a couple times, done the passive aggressive. And for her, she grew up in the Soviet Union. Passive aggressive is like, "I will cut you." Right? This is (laughs) this is a very
0: nothing passive about it. Yeah,
2: yeah, There's a a very very thick
1: accent too. So so no,
2: not that thick, but but finally.
1: (laughs) Well, for someone that's not from Russia, yeah, in the south,
2: noticeable, right? (laughs) So finally, she can't take anymore. She turns around. She looks at the parents right in the eyes. And I'm so horrified and proud of her at the same time. She goes, I will find you. And she just looked at them, and that was it. There was not a sound. There was not a sound from that role for the next that row, rather for the next like twenty minutes. It was great. I, lo- I will find
1: you <laughs> that, that that's that's harsh. It was I'm like not, when it, there was a stand-up yeah. comedian that had an act that he he said like things that you you know you don't want to do or say to people and he said one of them was, you know, I dare you to go, stand in line at the bank and start putting on some gloves, black gloves, and just lean to the person in front of them and say, now's a good time to leave (laughs) and see what happens. You know, I'm just like, there's just certain little phrases when you, with the intention, you're just like, okay.
2: You shouldn't, Tell me things like
1: that because I'm <laughs> so like, I tempted. You're t- I want to test these things out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I are so hear t- this
0: on the news tomorrow. I know. I don't yeah. have... Yeah,
1: we're trying to get media publicity. This is not the way to do it. No, but the, the days of
2: Andy Kaufman are gone. Unfortunately, if you did that now, you'd be labeled like a terrorist on Fox News, right? Yeah, I'm just sure. Just, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. sure. There'd be people saying you should be jailed.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. So speaking of, Emily, what are some... I call them faux pas, but what are some fun... <laughs> some fun things that happen to you on stage that you know, or or a memorable moment.
0: I always think it's amazing that we, I don't know if it's because we've just been desensitized from the screen or what, but it's amazing that, audience members don't realize that the people on stage, if you can hear us, we can hear you. And if you can see us, we can see you. So, you know, text, texting, Um, I remember once, Brian, during the Christians, there was a woman oh. in front who just would not stop like overtly texting and taking pictures and, um, and yeah, candy and stuff. And there, there, there was one show, two stories that I'll tell that might not be. Fully PG. There was one um there was one show I was in where a couple in the front row were clearly on a very romantic date. Oh. And there was a strategically placed jacket. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and so Pee we Wee like, Herman okay. came to your show. Interesting. <laughs> <All right>. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so so that was pretty wild. But there, the most memorable one, and this is actually pretty <laughs> I was, it was one of my first professional shows and it was a two person play and it was just two of us on stage the whole time. And it was like no intermission. And, and, uh, about halfway through the show, I start smelling something. And I think that my, my, um, castmate, I'm like, is he just what did he have for lunch? Like this is not cool. Like well, I don't know what is going, and it's well, supposed garlic to be like shrimp. A, a, you know, yeah, like a romantic. <laughs> yeah, but you know, not breath. Like coming oh, from, coming from that's worse. Like, oh, that's know. worse. Yeah. Um. And so, and I see, and it's supposed to be this romantic show, and um, ends with a big, you know, swoon kiss and everything, and and I'm like, dude, what did you do? And uh, and he's looking at me the same. And I'm like, don't look at me, man. Don't try to pass this off on me. <laughs> and so after the show, we're, we're backstage and I was like, what, what, what's going on? And he's like, I was gonna ask you. And we go out into the theater and there's a, in the front row, there's a spot and someone had- Oh no. Gone to the bathroom in the theater. Wow. You didn't. You didn't expect that to. You didn't expect that to be my story, did you? No, I no. was. Someone I was... had, but I took it as like the greatest compliment ever. Because they were so engrossed in the story <laughs> that they couldn't even get up to go to you know to go. To that show was so good I shit my pants. It parents. was, I mean, it was wild. It was wild. So, I, I, yeah. I
1: can't. As much as I can be moved by by works of art and people's actions, I don't know if there's anything. Yeah, parts that, of them were moved. That, apparently, <laughs> yeah.
2: indeed, very
1: moved. Very moved. Yeah. So, Oh uh, gosh, you, you feel bad wow. for the ushers at that point. I mean, what do you what do you do? Put do some do? newspaper over it and just walk away? And was like, well, well, I don't. I mean, ugh.
0: yeah, I think that was a full, like a full pull that chair out kind of job. But ugh. that still stands as the most incredible, most incredible <laughs> experience I've had in a the theater. That's I don't. You know. I must
1: say, I wouldn't have forgotten that one either. But you know what? That would that just kind of baffles me that there were people still sitting around the area. Well,
0: what was so funny that- was I was like, oh, the H... The HVAC system must not be working because I saw people in a certain section of the theater just like fanning themselves a lot with their program. (laughs) I was like, "Oh, the air conditioning must not be working there." But no, I think it was because you know, and I don't know who it was. Who knows what you know? What they didn't want to miss either. They're like, "Whatever, (laughs) we're just gonna say,
1: (laughs) 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 honey, we gotta go." No, I'm not missing this part.
2: Uh -uh, I gotta hear how how it ends. Freaking geisha show in the audience. (laughs) Everyone's just like, "That's crazy."
1: Well, what's in store? for you now what what do you have around the bit I mean I know you have a lot going on um over there at PCPA Mm -hmm. but do you have any are you looking at any bigger projects possibly or are you pretty content where you're at
0: well I mean again I feel like I feel so grateful that I'm getting to sort of check all these boxes and wear all these hats here at PCPA. It really is just an incredibly rare opportunity. And, you know, my, when I, when I came to theater, when I came to acting, um, I, my dream job was to be a member of a resident company. And so the fact that I got to not only live that experience in, in Houston at the alley, but that I'm getting to do that. And then some here at PCPA really, is you know not only satisfying but certainly keeping me very busy um in a lot of great ways i i think that the hope is that we'll be able to produce we have a outdoor theater space here um just south just south of santa maria where pcpa is located in a town called solvang if you've ever seen the movie sideways yes um, that was yeah that was filmed in solvang right in this area so um uh in fact my husband and i went to um for an anniversary while we were here, we went to the Hitching Post, which is the restaurant that Paul Giamatti meets the waitress in the in Sideways. Anyway, but the hope is that we'll be able to do some live theater out in the outdoor space this summer if, you know, if regulations allow. And that's going to be something that's I think is going to be generated from inside the, the company. So I'm really excited about that possibility. That's amazing. Um, so
2: Solfang is quite a hike from, from L.A. I'm looking at it right now. And you're in L.A. proper uh, most of the time, yeah?
0: no actually I'm based in Santa Maria which is oh you are oh okay yeah 40 minutes north of Solvang 40 minutes if you're driving the speed limit north of Solvang um and and yeah LA is about two and a half hours so um so I do get down to LA and you know have some of my best friends there and get down and see things and you know have good conversations and meetings with people, but our home base is in Santa, Santa Maria. Maria. Okay.
2: Got it. Got it. I've
0: been very grateful to be here during this last year. Cause like I said, sure. you know, been room to breathe and, and the ocean is just a very quick jaunt.
1: Well, it, now yeah. is Mike, is Michael doing anything? Is your husband doing anything outside? I know you said he was working on audiobooks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's is that main busy? his
1: main focus right now?
0: Yeah, he's staying busy with the audiobook um, with the audiobook world. He actually um, broke into it a little over two years ago when we were living in Philadelphia and one of our momentary transitory stops. Um, and he has a home studio here in our house. And so that's been not only great, he's you know, it's interesting, you said, Oh, did he woo you through words? <laughs> or something like that. And now his focus really is like breathing life into other people's words um, in terms of audiobooks. And it's so funny too because as an audiobook narrator, your 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 voice finds a niche in a way that you kind of don't you don't really have much say over. Like what is your voice? Uh, lend itself to, and I feel like his niche is kind of like dystopian, sci-fi, future-y stuff. Oh, I love this! Interesting, yeah. very
1: interesting. Yeah,
0: that'd be my
2: niche to listen to. So not so much to, to speak by, but that's great. <sighs>
0: But he also um, he also is a voice and speech teacher. He, he's uh, taught up at Cal Poly, which is the university just north of us in San Luis Obispo. And and he also teaches here at PCPA as well. I like but it. we have we've gotten to be, you know, Michael and I got to be on stage together in Hand to God, which was still one of my one of my all time favorite shows that I've gotten to do. So y'all cool. must have been this and,
2: laughing your tails off every day rehearsing for was. that show
0: rehearsal was, rehearsal was hard. I mean, it was still really funny, but it, you know, with all the puppetry and, and like you said, it's like, it's like, Ooh, it's uncomfortable in the best way, you know? (laughs) But then once we got into, once we got into performances, I mean, I'm notorious, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say this for fodder for anyone else who I ever get to, to act with, but I am a notorious break on stage. Like I will lose it and start to giggle like it's awful. Oh no! Um, I like, love I, I love that. I love that you can admit that. You're I like, don't have a good poker face at all. So <laughs> right? so when we, when Steve Pesek and I were doing the um the the puppet the puppet love making scene, I'll call it. I think it was love making. Um, oh, yeah, it, it was
1: majestic. A lot of love. I
0: think it. Uh, <laughs> I think was poetry <laughs> there, but um, <laughs> but I both he and I like be, the audience re- response to it. We thought it was funny, but then when the audience started to respond to it, we couldn't look at each other. We because if we made eye contact, you'd lose it, right? I would just completely lose it. Yeah. And well, then of course, if you lose it on stage, then the audience starts laughing even more because they're like, "Ah, look at that." Oh, sucker that's, it's, who it's can't a keep it nightmare.
1: Together, so. It's a nightmare. It's it's <laughs> yeah. happened to me several times, but I've only had one time that it happened to me so bad that it literally the show stopped and wow. the audience literally started laughing with me because they understood <laughs> exactly what was going on. You and had it a
2: full is, on like Saturday Night Live moment. It right?
1: was like completely, just, and I don't know if I should share this, but I was doing uh, uh, Charlie Brown Christmas and I was playing Charlie Brown. And fabulous. the Hector who was playing Snoopy, I turned to look at him and he did this, he reacted and just like, he, re- he was beautiful. Choki was a b- brilliant actor. It got me. It was so well timed and done. But and all of a sudden, the entire audience just starts laughing. It was, it was a wow, surreal experience for me. I've never broken that heart on stage, and and thank God they were laughing because. This I was mortified. I'm like, I'm it's never terrifying. getting, I'm never getting hired again. <laughs> I'm, they're never gonna give me another role, and I'm just sitting here, just laughing at this sad little tree on Christmas. <laughs> well, I tell you what,
2: you, your story and Emily's story both bring up the power of the audience that we talked about earlier, right? There really yeah. is that element of mm-hmm. once the audience gets going. I mean, it just. For you know, for good or for bad, it just feeds yeah. actors on stage, right? And it can be uh, it can be wonderful and it can be terrifying.
1: It can feed you for <laughs> you know the wrong reasons or the right reasons, yeah. you know. So, <laughs>
2: Emily, I've got a, a complete um, side question for you. Fabulous. I'd like to put you on the spot a little bit, if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. Shakespearean plays aside, so all of like you know Elizabethan England, that mm-hmm. era aside, that stuff. If you were going to recommend to somebody who enjoys reading but is not accustomed to reading plays,
0: mm-hmm.
2: the first one to start with, what play would you recommend? I'll tell you what. I'll tell you what. I'll give you my answer while yeah. you think of yours. So my answer, the play that, that changed my life in high school in terms of realizing that these things are meant to be read in, in a huge way, not just meant to be seen, was when I first read Tom Stoppard's Arcadia long my favorite play I, I just adore that work on so many levels and reading it you didn't have to see it to be just wowed by what he was able to craft with that script so i'm oh, curious I what love,
0: i love arcadia i it's, it's one of my favorites and um, i was lucky enough to get to do it in grad school really and um yeah and i i just under the wire i got to play thomasina
2: Oh, that's um, fantastic.
0: So, you know, maybe the maybe a little long in the two. Yeah, to that's, that's fantastic. But it was grad school, so it was fine. But what was so cool was that um, you know, I was doing it at Yale and they're, they're mathematicians, there are no slouches. Um, so for, for those of you who don't know, um Arcadia is about, you know, fractals and theorems, and so we had this amazing genius mathematician come in from Yale University proper and give us lectures on all all the math so that we actually could understand it. And it That's was spectacular. It was, yeah. It was almost, I, I, I was kind of life changing. Yeah. Septimus um, is
2: my dream role. If I ever, if I ever went back to stage acting in any way, shape or form that, that was my, uh, my bucket list role.
0: I love it. I love it. And at the end of the day, it's these big overarching ideas and and math and time travel. And at the end of the day, I think it's really about a girl who wants to dance. You totally. know, a, like a budding love and a girl who wants to dance, and um, so yeah, that is okay. I think that's
2: so very so, so I've, you you, I've want, to you. I you do want, to, want to dance? I do want to dance. I know true, you want to dance, but I can't. I'm it's 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 a bad. But bad you want scene. to dance? <laughs> Indeed, I want I to dance with somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I want world peace too, Brian. But you know what? There's some <laughs> things I can't achieve. Okay, so so I've, so I've got your head primed in the right place, right? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. one play you got to drop on somebody. Listen, if you're going to read any play, you've got to read this one and it can't be Shakespeare.
0: Okay. I think that there might be some groans if I say this, but I think Thornton Wilder's Our Town is kind of as close to heaven as, as I feel like a, a play gets because it is, it is inherently theatrical. It uses the, you know, it uses the, audiences and the actor's imagination in a way, but it's based in the really approachably mundane and yet it finds that poetry in the mundane. So, so the truth is, um, the first audition I ever did in high school, I read like you in high school, I read our town and I was just so surprisingly moved by it, you know, just from, from like that big old English textbook, you know? Right. Um, and it turned out that the, the local community theater was was gonna do a production of it. And I hadn't auditioned for anything before. I I think maybe, yeah, I don't know. Was I even going to my senior year of high school? Um, but uh, but I decided, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna audition. But I couldn't make the regular audition time. And so the director, uh, Bev Diener, who is still like a very, very dear friend and mentor of mine, she had this fabulous bookstore in town that I actually ended up working at later, but, um, but she said, okay, well you can come in and audition for me, um, uh, at at the bookstore sort of after hours. And so I came in and I brought my big English book. I brought my big textbook and I opened to the Our Town section and I just sat there and read it out of the textbook. I mean, I don't know how sort of acting, but I was, um, and she, um, was really beautiful. She, she was started complaining about her allergies. And later she told me that actually she had, she had started to cry oh, just wow. because it was clear that I was so, you know, like not only was I complete bumpkin with my, you know, my, my big literature book and just like, I don't know, is this how you do it? Um, but also <laughs> I think, I think that's more of a testament to all you have to do is read that language and try to mean it. And it's it's moving. So I think our town is a really our town might be my choice. Well, I love that's, that's the I first time that I,
1: I think I've ever heard the Wisconsin in you come out.
0: Oh, I know.
1: <laughs> I, <laughs> I I don't hear it much, but it 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 slipped in right there. <laughs> I,
0: I
2: I caught it on Costco.
0: <laughs> did, did you? Costco. Okay, I, did. I didn't catch Costco it on Costco with for Oh yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> right. Don't you know. That's right. We're going to get a couple of two tree brats. We're going to watch the Packer game. It's going to be great. Yeah. Oh,
1: I, it's, a, it's an accent I, I can't do. <laughs> it's definitely one I, think, I have not perfected. I think
0: that's okay, Brian. I, yeah. think you're, I think that's.
2: There's not much demand for it, at least.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you know. oh, well, there you go. <laughs> it's not. I, actually,
1: yeah. you know, it's so funny. We're talking about all this. It, for me, I, I've always enjoyed more musicals and things um, mm-hmm. when I started out just because that was kind of my origin and was within music before getting into more of uh, plays and, and written word because um, the music mu- fused with the lyrics always moved me. So I yeah. was drawn to musicals. And when I started reading plays and things like that, which I think I think Our Town is a great play. I, I, I'm going to give you the copy. Thank you. It, it's great. I began realizing the more that you read, kind of how you were talking about earlier, that you love to read it will open your eyes. And so anyone that, whether you want to get into acting or not, just in general, people think that you you can't read a, a, a play. You know, you can. You absolutely can. And I think it's great. And my my wife, we were in Chicago, and she took me to the theater, and she was like, well, I know you wanted to see a musical, uh, but I, I booked or I got tickets to a play. And so we went to the Goodman Theater, one of my favorite theaters, and yeah. we saw Disgraced. <gasps> Ooh, yeah. and it was the kind of how the way that you've talked about uh, during the show today about how uh, the words and everything are just so powerful. I had never realized, seeing it, it was an amazing experience. But Mm -hmm. then I actually went back and read it and seeing the words, it was very different. And everything that the writer did was very strategic. He had it, you know, if he was going to swear in the script it meant something. It wasn't just Mm -hmm. thrown in there or, you know, it was very.
2: As every masterwork is. It really
1: was. It was, it's fantastic. And I never thought I'd get rejuvenated by a work like that. So our town is one, if I had to throw one out, that would be mine.
0: But yeah, I, you know, it's so, it's so great that you say that, Brian. I teach, um, right now during this great pause with the, um, with us not being able to be in person in the classroom, I'm, we're teaching, um, zoom workshops for the local high schools and one of the workshops that i teach is a introduction to playwriting workshop and i talk about the fact that and i get (laughs) the kids are like why is she so excited about about a script (laughs) but i talk about the fact that what's amazing about a script versus a novel is that it is a blueprint you know it's not the house itself it's the the Plans for how you might choose to build the house if you were going to build the house. And so it's there's all of this room for interpretation and imagination in a really exciting way that at first can seem kind of unsatisfying or incomplete. But if you approach it with that mentality, then it kind of gets really, it gets really exciting.
1: Totally lovely. You've been on both sides as a director and actor. Which do you like Mm -hmm. more?
0: Ooh, I mean, they both have, you know, they both have their. Their advantages and their challenges. They both sort of uh, water different parts of me. Um, but what I will say, because I'll skirt, I'll skirt answering that question. Um, I will say <laughs> that um, I think I am a better actor when I have practiced being a director and a better director. For being an actor, just like I think I'm a better teacher for for having been an actor and a director and a student myself. So I think, um, well, here's a here's a shameless name drop for you. I got to um, be in a music video um, uh, for a song. Written by Sandra Boynton and Alison Krauss. I don't know if you know Sandra Boynton, but you, if you saw her cartoons, you would know. You would know them. She does like the dinosaur cartoons, the um, the cute cat cartoons. Anyway, um, she's amazing and prolific, and has written children's books. You know, is a world famous um, cartoonist. But she also got her master's degree in directing from the Yale School of Drama and she's partnering writing music with Allison Krauss. And, and um, I was talking to her on the film shoot. And I said, you know, how do you, how do you wear all those hats? Like, how is that? Is that hard? Is that confusing? And she's like, actually, you know, it all feels like part of the same thing to me. And that's why I know I'm, I'm doing it right, is that it all feels like different, different limbs of the same creature. And so that's the way I feel about acting and directing and Dramaturgy and all that sort of stuff. It all feels like part of the same thing to me.
1: Well, we appreciate you taking time to be out with us when you are not having your acting hat, directing hat, you know, literary hat. What are some new things that have come about in in your COVID experience? Have you, have you gotten into the the COVID baking or done the the gardening or? Well, my
0: husband, my husband does now make a mean sourdough. Wow, um, oh. we've been talking
1: about this yeah. so okay i have a question then that maybe you might be able to answer did he name his sourdough starter
0: i don't think he named it but he he does have a very like personal relationship with it you have
1: to yeah. <laughs> thank <laughs> you like, i don't feel so oh, weird I've now
0: been, <laughs> i've been neglecting her you know
1: <laughs> oh it's a her oh mine's a him Brian, I'm going to tell you, our <laughs> listeners, and Emily
2: and her husband, that is that is still weird. You can still feel weird about that. I'm
1: not alone. That's that all one, I've got to say. Yeah. I'm not alone.
0: It's great. Well, and, and then, of course, my my hobby is just eating, eating all the bread. But we did, um, we have our beloved, we had this ancient cat with us from New York to Houston to Philly to here. And she actually passed away at the beginning of the quarantine. Her name was Ramona Salami. Long may she rest. Um, uh, yeah. And, uh, so we, you know, we've, we've mourned and waited for a few months and just last month we adopted, we rescued two kittens, um, and they are named, um, Penne and Noki, um, we call them the pasta sisters. And so they have been giving us a run for their money, for our money, I should say, um, and uh, certainly keeping us entertained. Yeah, I love it. They
1: they they know what they're doing. <laughs> they, oh,
0: they, yeah. Oh, yeah. They, they
1: wake up with agendas. <laughs> you see now absolutely. my daughter now my daughter cannot
2: hear this episode because she's been all over <laughs> me for a cat or a puppy, and I'm just. Uh,
1: I'm gonna recommend cat. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm, if you have to do it, I'm, I, I'm deathly, gonna recommend cat.
2: Deathly allergic. Deathly. Are you, oh no. Are, are oh, now yeah.
1: okay? Now are you allergic? No 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 no. Okay, no it's quotes. actual. Okay, oh, yeah. no air quotes.
0: <laughs> My mom has out has mostly outgrown her cat allergy, which is good because both my brother and I have cats. And so when she comes to visit, she's like, what are you guys trying to tell me? You know, <laughs> um, But she's, she's gotten over it a bit. You know, I think that can happen with allergies. But I remember once when I was a little girl, we found this kitten in the in the garage. Oh, goodness. And and he was so tiny and he just needed my love. He just needed my help. So I snuck him into the house, like down into the basement. And I mean, within a, within like an hour and a half, my mom was, her eyes were swollen. She was like her, having trouble breathing. Yeah. She, I shouldn't uh, be laughing, but. <laughs> she's like, there is a cat in this house. I know there is a cat in this house. And I was like, no, there's not. She's.
2: <laughs> i'm the same way i totally relate i totally relate i walk into any of our i don't
1: know you're crazy any of
2: our any of our friends houses that invite us over to have cats i i about 15 minutes and I'm starting to, okay. you know, swell up. Mm-hmm. My airways close mm-hmm. up. It's bad. I'm always popping Benadryl before I go if I know. So I'm half asleep the whole time. <laughs> People are like, God, who brought the, who brought the tired guy? You know?
1: <laughs> yeah, how old is he? <laughs> yeah. off in the <laughs> corner. Indeed. But we we hope that you guys are staying safe. And, and we want to, again, thank you so much for your time.
2: Absolutely. Oh, thank, thank you so you. much for coming on the show. This is great.
1: But if you do come back to town, we definitely want to see you. Oh, I would love that. The links in the description below. If you want to find out more about Emily and what she's doing, um, we have her website is emilytrask.net. You can find that in the episode description and also the Interplay series with that is going to be happening this month coming up. So, mm-hmm. in like two days, there's going to be one and then it's going to go through, I believe, March into March. That's correct. so. So, yep. thank you so, so much, Philip. It's been great. For all of our listeners out there, make sure you check us out on social media. You can go to NeighborsDon'tKnock.com. Hit us up on Facebook or Instagram. We always love to hear what you guys think. I'd
2: like to see some comments. Post up, post up. We want to know what you're thinking about the show, what you're thinking about life.
1: Yeah, and if you have a great play or something that you want us to read, hey, I'm always down. So, But we'll see you guys with new episodes every Friday. Peace. Out.